0: Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help you enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Wondering how much it's going to cost you to fill that vacant position? According to the Society for Human Resource Management, the answer is $4,000. 129 bucks, not chump change by any means. And depending on how many people you need or how high your company's turnover rate is, that figure could soon balloon out of control. To help minimize these costs, we're seeing more business owners embrace the mindset behind hiring talent. But what goes into this technique? Are you committed to hiring the top talent? Do you have a hiring strategy? Do you have the time to do the correct hire? Today's guest is Desiree Lyon a human resource and recruitment professional with talent acquisition expertise. Desiree, one of Ray's newest employees, will kick off our HR mini-series, which will provide you with tools and insight that will strengthen your existing recruitment and retention strategies. Welcome to Unsuitable, Desiree.
1: Thank you, Dave.
0: And welcome to Ray and Associates. Thank you. Uh, You've been here several months and already have had a big impact on the firm.
1: Yes, it's been a good several months. I've met a lot of people, learned a lot about the firm. Um, so it's really been a good opportunity to get involved and stay connected, such as being on Unsuitable.
0: Well, great. Uh, I noticed as you were developing uh, your office, putting your office together as I walked in there, I saw something that was uh, rather disturbing and may even <laughs> be against um, a company policy, and that was the terrible towel
1: Yes, I am from uh, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in a small town called Manesson. That's where I grew up, and that is home. And, you know, a lot of times I get a lot of heat from people that generally don't understand how I could be a part of a culture that is a championship culture. And, you know, we're always welcoming people, so if you'd like to come on board, you're more than welcome. Sure.
0: You know, <laughs> great to have you board. The uh, Steelers uh, do have a great uh, fan base. And since you're from Pittsburgh, I guess we'll give you a pass. You can root for the Steelers, the Pirates, and and now the Penguins. I guess
1: absolutely. And since I'm a part of HR, I'll be looking into those policies and changing them. Well, great, great. <laughs> Welcome
0: aboard. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, uh, hiring strategies. And uh, so let's get uh, let's get off and rolling. But uh, where do you where do you start? We talked in the intro about developing a hiring strategy. Uh, easier said than done. How would you uh, advise a company um, of or a client of ours on how to start, how to get started.
1: Well, one of the things you want to do is definitely find the need for the opportunity. Um, when you think of need, you know you you want to set yourself in the mindset of understanding what the businesses are, what that person would do, how that would benefit the overall bottom line. And when you're thinking about hiring people, the goal is to keep them. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned earlier about turnover rate. You mentioned, you know, that could be pretty catastrophic in some, you know, instances. And one of the things you want to do is make sure that you're really focused on, you know, hiring the most qualified. You may get a number of applicants that come through the door, but you want to make sure that you're really focused on what's important and how they can help grow your business.
0: Do you talk about with a prospect or you're looking for somebody to come in, you, you, you talk about the culture of the company? You try to sell the culture to that applicant?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Culture is huge in in hiring. And one of the things uh, people look for is where they can be happy at, not just somewhere they can get a paycheck. You can go anywhere and get a paycheck, but the goal is to have that foundation. So when you're thinking of even your mission um, in a company, what does that stand for? How can we build a culture from that mission that really is everybody's involved in and when you have a culture that is you know about growth and thriving and and development of of your people and giving those benefits to provide to people to show them that hey you can be happy here and enjoy what you do that's what a lot of people that are looking for jobs are seeking
0: so uh in your position uh you're you're a salesperson you're you're selling the culture Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely so
0: you bought it when uh you bought the culture when uh, you uh, interviewed with us.
1: That's right. I so did. we must,
0: have, we must have done an okay job. You
1: did a good job. I'm still here.
0: <laughs> so, well, thanks. <laughs> you know, we talked uh, earlier in the introduction about the cost of of making a a bad hire or replacement, and it was uh, uh, north of four grand. But I've seen numbers that are even greater than that, depending on the technical expertise of a particular employee. So. So there is a huge cost of not having a a hiring strategy, if you will.
1: Yes, there is. Uh, One of the things I've seen numbers from the 4,000, which is the standard that um, the Society for Human Resources Management talked about, but also it can go up to 10,000, you know, depending on the position. Um, Also, you know, thinking of. The sum of all your recruiting costs that goes involved into something, as well as you know how many n- people that you need over a given period of time. So if you're continuously hiring, that number is going to continue to increase for your cost per hire. And then when you add in your turnover, that really can increase it by an amount that you know is not really in the budget per se.
0: Sure, sets uh, some expectations, um, you know, for our listening audience. Let's say that uh, I place an order. I need an employee that's a tax specialist. In my mind, how how long from start to finish would it take for that employee to be in the seat?
1: Uh, it can take, you know, depending on how specialized... By the way, the
0: role- I'm impatient. I'd <laughs> like that employee in place by the end of the week. Okay. Can you do that?
1: One of the things I can do is to talk to you a little bit more about how much detail is involved and needed for this role. So before we want to be you know, thinking too quickly on how to fill that seat, the goal is to get you the right person. So let's talk about how specialized that role is first, and then I can tell you what I can do for you.
0: So you're going to push it back on me. You're going to interview me and get my feedback.
1: Absolutely. You're going to
0: make me part of this. I need you
1: to talk to me to tell me what you need from me, and then I can lay it all on a table. And what that does is allows you to say, okay, maybe I need to rethink this timeline and give it a little more time.
0: It's it's several weeks, a month, could be, depending on what you're looking for, but it's not a short-term process by any means.
1: No, it's not. Even for, you know, a position that may not have as much detail as some others, I wouldn't recommend anybody to say, I want to hire someone overnight. Um, I would say, in general, from my experience, a lot of the roles that I've recruited for could take, you know, about, give it about three weeks at the most, or, at, you know, at minimum three weeks, you know, just to prepare to know where I'm looking, to know, you know, give me an opportunity to get to some networking events, um, you know, to talk to your team, to find out what they're looking for, things of that nature.
0: You know, let me give you an example and um, see how how on on off base I am, I guess, or right on on target. But let's say I'm hiring a marketing position and I do an interview and I come to you and I say, well, I know it. that that's the person. We got to do that right now. I just know it. How would you respond?
1: Well, one of the things uh, that I would say is, uh, you know, I'd want to find out the relationship, you know, oh, how do you know no, this person? I like person? that
0: person. Let's go. Uh, we got f- to get, get, get an offer in front of them.
1: Well, that sounds good, but we need to think about how, you know, how you know this person to, to make sure that we're protecting the business at the same time. You know, you don't want to just hire, oh, my my niece, my nephew, my cousin, my child. And, you know, you may have a pool of other applicants that are very, you know, qualified as well. So you have to think about that, too.
0: So you're gonna slow me down, you're gonna slow down the process?
1: Well, it's about thinking of it in a different manner. It's not about slowing it down. It's about what's beneficial for the business. Um so when you think about what's beneficial, it's more so about expanding. So when you hire someone you know you you may know them on a personal level, but you may not know them professionally. A lot of times people hire you know i've I've got a lot of resumes from people that have said, oh, I know this, this is one of my buddies, interview this person. And for a courtesy, sure, I may interview them or have a conversation with them. A lot of times they're not even that qualified.
0: It's not the right fit.
1: Right, it's not the right fit. So then when I go back to them and talk to them in detail about the interview guide, the questions I asked, and their responses, it gives them an opportunity to think about it over again and say, okay, do I really want this person on my team? I may like them, but can they do the job?
0: Correct. Let, let, let's take a break from that conversation and, and talk about hiring for Ray & Associates. I think I saw uh, a release from you that we're looking at maybe 10 positions mm-hmm. across, yes. uh, across the firm. So for our listeners, if there's anybody out there that uh, is looking for an accounting position, uh, get a hold of Desiree and we'll get the process started.
1: Absolutely. They can go to the uh, Ray website and go to the careers page, and everything that we are recruiting for is listed there.
0: See, he gave you a free commercial.
1: Well, thank you so How much. About that?
0: Let's talk about testing of applicants when, um, when they come in. What type of testing uh, do you normally recommend or do you like to see before you make a final decision?
1: Well, one of the things uh, that we test uh, with here at Ray, uh, the main goal that I'm recruiting for now, or uh, well, the main position, I should say, that I'm recruiting for now is the client service specialist role. And that's a bookkeeper position. So one of the things that goes in line with that role is to test your knowledge in bookkeeping. So there is a test that they would uh, each applicant that would move forward in the process would take. And then that is graded by one of the professionals here that would actually be managing that position. So they get a chance to grade it, you know, assess their knowledge and skill. And that's the type of testing that's important. You want to always have a test that aligns properly with the position that you're recruiting for.
0: What about caliper testing, disc testing, Wonderleck? Does that play a role?
1: It does. Um, those tests are, you know, you, you have questions about personality. Um, you have questions about, you know, really to find that good fit. Um, you know, you'll have questions about how you manage, you know, certain behaviors and certain situations. And even um, outside of the testing, in my questions, um, I've been able to develop some questions that are related to behavioral based questions. So I like to ask you, Tell me about a time when this happened to you, or what would you do in this situation? You know, that really pulls out a person's experience when they're given an opportunity to talk about what they've done in the past.
0: Okay, let's dig a little deeper. Can I ask you a little little personal question here? Do you ever go out on like Facebook and LinkedIn and research the uh, applicants?
1: I don't. And one of the main reasons that I don't is because uh, Facebook is something that is, it's social media, especially Facebook. LinkedIn's a bit more professional. Um, I actually do recruit through LinkedIn. I should say um, I go on LinkedIn looking for applicants. But as far as Facebook, people have their family, their friends, you know where they hang out. By no means do I ever want to have a, a bias in my mind and say, "Oh, that person likes the Cleveland Browns." I don't want to hire them. I'm a Steeler hey, fan. This
0: interview is just about over, isn't it?
1: <laughs> so you know that's one of the things that I have to think about. And you always want to give people the fair shot. You know, everybody deserves an opportunity if they come through with their resume that shows that, hey, I have the credentials, I have the qualifications, I meet the qualifications that are listed in this job opportunity. So whether they like dogs or cats or read certain books or whatever the case may be, that's not my concern. My concern is that you can do the job and be successful at the firm that I'm recruiting for.
0: As you, uh, in your vast network, do you see uh, companies in their hiring strategies and and, uh, policies are they increasing drug testing or decreasing drug testing?
1: It's actually decreased. Uh, one of the things that has happened recently are um, some legislation that's come into play that has really removed that uh, process. So, for example, we know a lot of states uh, legalize marijuana. Uh, we know that, you know, different things happen, you know, in inside the laws. There's a, a law that had came out of uh, that was called Ban the Box. And, you know, one of the things that is important is, you know, you want to make sure that you're looking at what's important and valuable to the firm. Now, of course, you you want to consider all aspects, but certain things, is just unnecessary at this point based on the law. And when the law doesn't require it necessary for certain positions to test for, then it's, you know, we don't do it.
0: So there's a lot of noise around this hiring process that you just eliminated. Let's get right to the applicant and and see if they're qualified and fits Mm -hmm. the company's need.
1: Right. That's exactly what it should be about is, you know, removing, eliminating all bias, removing any ideas of thought, you know, and and one of the good things I do, I do a lot of phone screens, and over those phone screens, I don't see a person. I hear a person, and when I'm hearing, what I'm listening for is their responses to my questions, and a lot of times what I like to do, too, is give um, direction. So when I get into my behavioral-based questions, I say, you know what I'm looking for is a specific example of how you handle certain situations and then tell me what the outcome was. That gives me a whole perfect picture in my mind of what they can do. and that's my primary goal.
0: Okay, now when a company's developing a strategy, you know we uh, we talk and we see and hear a lot about um, diversity hiring within a company's strategic plan. Are you seeing more and more of that in the workplace?
1: um it it is growing. I know that uh, Twitter actually just hired a new diversity inclusion officer, and that's been, you know, a lot of the stories I've seen online. Uh, One of the things I could definitely say is that it's valuable when it comes down to it. Uh, One of the focuses I always talk about um, to people is to broaden your scope. You know, think about things, doing business outside of what you're used to. You know, it's, it's always good to, you know, you're in a small environment. If you have a firm or a company in a small town, Go 30 miles out to a different side of town or to a a neighboring city and make sure that, you know, you find, hey, there's an organization here that, you know, might be the Hispanic chapter of MBAs or, you know, um, the National Association of Black Accountants or a woman's organization. You know, these are all professional groups that we can find top talent in. So it's always good to really broaden your scope and see what else is out there opposed to. You know, people just handing your resumes from your neighbors or cousins or whatever the case may be.
0: That's that's a that's a fantastic uh, approach to uh, the strategy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And there are a lot of companies, I bet, that just don't have that strategy, are not thinking that uh, that expansive.
1: And sometimes people don't because they're not aware, and that's okay. But it's important to be informed. And then you just go out there, and you know, I when I first moved to Columbus, one of the things I did. I went by myself to a professional networking event and I met so many awesome people. You know, it was a little uncomfortable at first because you don't know anyone. I walked in and people came up to me, shook my hand. We exchanged business cards and it was a great experience. And I met a lot of longtime friends from that opportunity.
0: Fantastic. You know, you'd mentioned earlier that Ray & Associates is looking for several client service specialists uh, around the firm, around the state of Ohio. Let's talk about creating job descriptions for, you know, the various positions you're trying to fill. And let's talk a little bit about the client service specialist or the CSS. How important is that job description in my in my hiring strategy?
1: That is very important. Uh, one of the things that makes it so important is that um, that's what you're selling to the candidate. That's what you're writing down to give you the opportunity to be creative and say, hey, I have this opportunity here let me tell you why you want to work for us. Um, you could really talk, you know, the main goal I should say is talk about what is enta- what the job entails. Also, make sure that you're giving details in what they would be doing. You know, talk about if there's travel, you know, 5% travel or 50% travel. You want to talk about you know, what they would be doing on a regular basis and and making sure that their qualifications align with that job description. Well, of course, that's my responsibility as the recruiter, um, but that's very important. And then at the beginning of all of our job descriptions, we talk about Ray being such a strong firm in the top 100. Um, You know, these are things that we have to keep in mind to really pull people in.
0: You know, as a HR professional, when you get a series of, of resumes, and you read those resumes, can, can you tell from those resumes? I mean, can you make a first cut or pass as you look at somebody's resume?
1: Uh, yes, you can. One of the things that I do, uh, for example, I've got some resumes that come in, and through certain websites, it shows, we ask the question, how much experience in bookkeeping do you have? Well, I have some people that have listed, I have six years experience in bookkeeping okay, well, let's take a look at the resume. I look at the resume and there's absolutely nothing there that shows anything related to bookkeeping. At that point, I remove them out of my process because they have not been able to speak to what they can do on paper. And if they can speak to it, that would get them the phone call.
0: So that's the the resume gets you in the door or gets a look. Yes. And then it's the phone call. And then after that, anything's possible, face-to-face interviews, et cetera.
1: There's a debate in the recruiting world about uh, cover letters. Some people say, oh, yeah, cover letters are great. You should write one every time. Some people say, oh, they're not that important. It really depends on on the recruiter and the candidate. If you want to write one, if it shows in the job description that it's a requirement or a, prefer, um, a preference, I should say, uh, definitely write one. I know I get some in, especially for some of the more professional roles that I've recruited for. When they send me a cover letter, I read it. And it, and when they can really sell themselves in that, I think it's awesome. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, every position, you know, send one. Some recruiters I've talked to, they say they don't read them. They just go straight to the resume. So I always think it's an extra plus just to push out their experience.
0: What about grade point average?
1: Grade point average really isn't a factor when you have the degree. Um, I'm not looking at grade point average. If you say that you graduated from a university you know, I'm taking your word for it, and you know we want people that have integrity. And when we, you know, you put that on a document and you have this listing, a lot of times we still do a background check. And then a lot of times, if somebody reaches out to that organization that you uh, that you uh, graduated from, and it comes back as a no go, then unfortunately, that may re- we have to rescind your job offer at that time.
0: Well, you know, you've covered a lot of territory. And as I kind of walk away, it's changed my mind about uh, hiring strategies. And, and you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, gee, you know, we have to make sure uh, we create a positive company culture for the interviewer and the interviewee. Certainly, job descriptions are important. And diversify your network. Open up. Think outside the box. Right. A lot of opportunities. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of competition. Uh, for the job, so you've got to be on your toes with a strategy. So you've covered covered some great territory in a short period of time, and and certainly appreciate that. Before we wrap up, I know you like to read and and go on vacation. What's what's one of your favorite vacation spots?
1: Uh, one of my favorite vacation spots uh, is Cancun, Mexico. I have a lot of fun at the beach. I just enjoy being in the sun and uh, you know having a fun fun time with my friends and seeing the water, and that's just the a- Best place to be.
0: Doing a karaoke?
1: I haven't lately. It's been a lately. long time. Well, we can yeah. go back a
0: little bit. You used to do some, huh?
1: <laughs> it's been a while.
0: You remember your favorite karaoke song?
1: Oh, wow. I think the last one, I it, it was something by Michael Jackson. I, I can say that. Michael always gets the crowd going, so why not go for that, you know?
0: There you go. Probably good. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, Desiree. Our guest has been Desiree Lyon from Ray & Associates HR Talent Acquisition Expert. That's my new terminology for you. Uh, there are so many moving pieces to balance when it comes to hiring the right person for a particular position. I'm sure listeners were able to get a lot of information and great tips from you today. And listeners, don't forget to tune in next week when Pat Porter will join us for part two of our HR miniseries. Now that we know how to hire top talent, Pat will give us some tips that will help us keep them happy. Engaged and productive. If you want additional insight? Visit our website at Ray CPA for a variety of great resources. And if you like this episode, let us know. You can share it, review it, or give us a thumbs up. If this is your first time listening to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box.